never miss the latest game tea. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your sip and pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show. And thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp and i'm czar today on the podcast we've got a really hot episode we're talking about forums banning hogwarts legacy conversations the google stadia is officially dead allegedly are you sure yeah yeah right we've buried it like three (laughs) times by now i think this one's permanent but we'll talk about it 343 industries has been sent to the room with no halo and uh, we're going to wrap up instead of game releases, or not game releases, instead of uh, hot takes today, we're going to talk about how our Smash tournament went. Yeah, that sounds like a fun episode. But as always, we got to start with a little bit of banter. So before we really get into the episode, I think we got to talk about Zach a little bit. So Zach has taken a hiatus from the podcast before. Um, obviously it did not stand. Like, he was gone for, like, three, four months, but then decided to come back. Due to, um, more things coming up in his life, his schedule getting crazier, uh, his job, school. Dude's a teacher, dude's yep. getting a master's degree. Guy's busy. He, he, for sure. He has decided to take a leave from the podcast once more. Um, this one might be a little bit more permanent. We're still, Zara and I st- are still working through what to do, right? But we're thinking about it. We're going to figure it out. The most important thing is Zach will more than likely be back occasionally. Oh, yeah. You best believe that when there's a Nintendo Direct drop in, Zach will be there to let us know how wrong we are. Yeah, precisely. Like, he'll just, I'll talk about Xenoblade. First of all, I don't give two shits about Xenoblade. I feel like I've made that perfectly clear. I feel like he's going to come back next week just to kick your ass for saying that. I'm sorry, like, oh, a JRPG, how clever, oh, a post-apocalyptic world with, okay, I'll give it to him, kids getting demolished before they turn, how old was it, 10? Yeah, yeah, like, 8 was their midlife okay, crisis. That's a little fucked up, I'll give it to him. That's, that's so metal, but still. it's just so <laughs> metal. So, yeah, for now, no Zach, we're gonna figure out what to do, we might bring on another host, we might keep it two of us. We're we might have more it. guests. We might have more guests, I think that's a good idea, too. So, yeah, with Zach leaving, I, I'm going to miss him. Of course, we're going to miss him. Just oh, not we're being all like, gonna miss yeah. Zach. We love Zach. But we're going to take it and we're going to use we're going to make an opportunity out of it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to do. We'll try to cover Nintendo as well as Zach did. I because think I, Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> and I don't like I love Zach. You know, I love Zach, but you can't talk any smack about the switch while he's around. You can't really talk much smack about the Switch in general, aside from, like, the obvious there's flaws. Thing, there's things to say about the Switch. Don't you get started. Fair enough. Get get off your rant and I'm, tell me okay, what you're drinking, okay, okay. what's fueling this rant. 
By the way, is this a new section of the banter, just talking about what we're drinking? I mean, as long as we keep drinking when we record. Uh, I don't see any problem with that. Hey, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> no, it actually is. It literally o'clock. is. So, okay, we're justified. All right. So, I am drinking a uh, beer from Omaha's very own cross-drain brewery called Koala Tears. Ooh. Yeah. It is described as a Berliner Weiss-style sour with banana and vanilla. Oh, that's a lot of words. What it basically <laughs> tasted like to me was... It tastes like bananas. It, it tastes like a sour banana. Ooh. Take that however you will, listeners, but this drink tastes like a sour banana. I think the chances of us getting sponsored by, like, an Omaha brewery, like, actually pretty solid if we do this at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, sincerely. Hey, a different beer for a different episode, you know? They don't even have to pay us anything but beer. I hey. just walk right in and, like, I'm taking this. You know, you know the old craze of pay me in gum. Well, if you pay me in beer, I'll do literally anything. You're goddamn right, I will. I will, some... I will plug <laughs> the shit out of you. Good old koala tears. <laughs> Which that doesn't even make sense. Do koalas eat bananas? Do koalas cry? Lots of questions. I'm gonna walk back into that brewery tomorrow with some questions. <laughs> <laughs> will you sponsor us? Can koalas cry? Why do koalas <laughs> and bananas go together? They don't. It's very odd, but five percent alcohol—it's not bad. For it's a, it's it tasty. Yeah. I didn't know we were doing this sec- segment, so I'm kind of a basic bitch with just my usual Bud Light. I'm gonna have to start drinking fancy at this point. I was gonna say, bring so- bring something fun. There's always something fun in the Herdat Studio, like <laughs> for real. Not anymore now that sports moved to the first floor. Fucking, we'll sneak in there if we have to. <laughs> sports, are you listening to me? Sports. I need that beer more than you do. <laughs> All right. Please help a poor game tea host. We're so thirsty. So thirsty. So thirsty. All right. What games are you playing? All right. So I just started a new game. Um, I mean, not really new, but it's Metro Exodus. It's the latest title okay. in the Metro series. Yeah, Xbox had their, you know, usual monthly, weekly deals, and I found this game for, like, 5 to $7. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I played the first Metro, and I really liked it. Why not? It's just Russian Fallout. <laughs> that was my next question is, what is it about? It's literally Russian Fallout. It's basically when the world gets into nuclear war, and it's the Russian survivors coming out of their vaults and holes but you know they use the metro subway system as their home instead of well-constructed vaults like america that video game sounds like it could be more like a documentary at this rate. <laughs> no it kind of looks like a documentary i'm not gonna lie like uh... the, the graphics aren't pristine and aren't great but it's really gritty enough to give you that history channel vibe right 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 and like you face off against mutated rats mutated bats there's mutated hermit crabs hermit crabs yeah and then they dabble. what are you fucking talking about yeah hermit. those things fucking suck you can only shoot them in the face otherwise they just well, keep yeah, coming yeah, they at you the shell that's the that's the shtick where did they find such a big shell is my question like the the radiation irradiated the the actual crustacean itself and it got bigger where the fuck did this shell come from that it's hiding in? I don't know. <laughs> I'll watch a documentary on hermit crabs and get back to you on that one. But yeah. There probably but is one. Like, there probably is. I mean, there's documentaries on octopus teachers, apparently, so. Uh, I was talking to my coworkers today about a documentary about mushrooms, just hour and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, I stumbled upon that on Netflix. I was uh, going to be an oh, ecologist yes! in, in a 
different universe. Yeah. So, like, fungi were my thing. I, I did a, a big thesis on a zombie fungi that, like, infects ants. Really? Yeah. You know what's funny is one of my coworkers actually, you know what? A shout out to Justin if he's listening. <laughs> I was, he asked, he was like, did you watch the Last of Us TV show? And I said, yes. And he has his degree in, like, biology. Like, he's a super smart guy. Hey, I, I get along with him. Yeah. Same. And he was like, isn't it crazy to you to think that, like, what they talk about in the show, like, fungi taking over, isn't it weird that that's not that out of the realm of possibilities? And I was like, it's not? <laughs> you could have came to me. I would have told you the same thing. He was like, yeah, man, it's totally possible. Oh, yeah, there's several different species that, like, zombify, like, dozens of different other species. Right. Interesting. Indeed, indeed. We may not be too far off from a zombie fungi that's going to destroy our, our humanity. Rather than talking about the game I'm playing right now, which, by the way, is Elden Ring, and I'll fucking get to that. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did start watching The Last of Us TV show, and you know what? It's pretty damn fucking good. Hey, well, I'm that's good. I'm very happy with it. It, it does enough to be servable to the fi- serviceable to the fans, it introduces enough that's new to be fun and to, like, expand, right? They just, they did a good job. Well, that's good. Have it's, you seen a clicker yet? Not, I've only seen the first episode. Okay, okay. I think you might see one in the second episode, which, by the way, is available. I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, I was going to say, they have to have clickers, because that's, like, that's the, the only thing. thing I know from the game. I, I know there are clickers, because I've seen ads with the clickers, but... Oh, fair enough. I'm excited to check it out. Actually, on the way to the studio tonight, uh, my wife and I were just talking about watching that soon as our our next watch. So I recommend this is not just for The Last of Us. I just recommend this in general for TV. You should wait a little while because then you can binge it, right? Like they're releasing one episode a week. But I was going to say, how many episodes are they on? Just two. Oh, just two. Oh, literally being banking now. Back burner for sure. Yeah, wait for it. Now the disadvantage of doing that is you make yourself much more susceptible to spoilers, you know, because you can only stay off social media. You can only keep things a secret for so long, but I don't know. That might be worth it because I'm trying to watch hell's kitchen right now, episode by episode, (laughs) and it kind of fucking sucks. (laughs) I want to see who can cook the best scallops. Damn it. Well, I'm still over here. Just waiting on domino masters season two. (laughs) All right, all right. Should we finally get into our articles? All right. What's the first one on the docket today? All right, so the first article comes to us from MSN.com by Miss Allie Jones. So thank you very much, Allie. Major gaming forum issues total ban on discussion of Hogwarts Legacy. Getting a little bit into the article here. One of the biggest online gaming forums has said it will not host any discussion of Hogwarts Legacy, increasing the scope of a previously issued ban. Reset Terra? Reset Terra? Reset Terra? Reset Terra. Oh, like Reset. That's clever. That's a clever forum. (laughs) That's that's pretty neat. Reset Terra had previously banned new posts about promotion of Hogwarts Legacy, preventing users from starting new discussions about trailers and other showcases. Instead, all of those conversations were limited to a single ongoing thread. In a post last night, however, the forum's general manager said that the mod team has decided to expand our prior ban on promotion for the Hogwarts game to include the game itself, with no discussions of this game allowed on site. Damn. Yeah. that's Hard and fast. It's really, really interesting. 
let me ask you this question. Like, I, I have lots of questions. I have lots of things in my mind. Hogwarts Legacy is dropping February 10th, right? So from the time this episode drops tomorrow, we're about less than three weeks away from Hogwarts Legacy dropping. When was the last time you saw a video game that was just this divisive amongst communities? Well, I want to say, like, Cyberpunk, but I don't feel like Cyberpunk... Before release, though. Like, Cyberpunk was divisive after the release, and that was more like... The conversation with Cyberpunk was more... Oh, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3. Oh, right, because the voice actress. Yes, yes. And, like, the Mothers Against Violence, basically. <laughs> Not literally the Mothers Against Violence. That's kind of a high-on-life joke. But a lot of people were really upset with the mature content on a family console. It, it, there's no way it was to this level, though. Mm, probably not to this level. I mean, it was it was very quarantined. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know, Risa Terra has not been the only one who's been trying to take that stand against like how we should be feeling about Hogwarts Legacy. And I don't know about you, Zar. I have been experiencing so much cognitive dissonance when it comes to this game because, on one hand, it's like I am a Harry Potter fan. I really want to play this game. It looks really fucking good. It looks incredible. Like, one of the best games that's going to come out this year. On the other hand, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, of course. Of course. Of course, right? That's always the elephant in the room when you're talking about Hogwarts. And it's just, it's so hard to admit that you want to play this game, almost. Because it's like... No, I, I I don't want to participate in the hate and the bigotry. I just want to play a video yeah. game. I don't want to be labeled as a bigot or anything in the hatred category. I don't support any of that. I just I just want to play I some games. I just want to play a game. And I mean, you know with this banning on forums, any discussion of Hogwarts Legacy, that's what they're trying to prevent. Right. Not actual talk of the game, hype, or like in-depth, searches of all of the content we've seen already, uh-huh. it's just to stop the arguments about J.K. Rowling. Honest to God, it is. Um, because I have yet to see one per. Okay, you know what? I was about to say I have yet to see one person like say they're not buying this game just because it looks awful. That's not true. I saw one sweaty TikToker go, you're not playing Hogwarts Legacy because of J.K. Rowling. I'm not playing the game because it looks like shit. We're not the same. And I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> what looks bad what? about it? It's modern gaming. It's optimized. Oh, it, it's just one of those guys that, like, you can't like anything that's popular. Right? I don't know. But anyway, my next question. We've seen a lot of people talking about this game. In my opinion, it's the most divisive game that I've ever seen before it even launched. Without looking at the statistics... How do you think that's doing on its pre-order numbers? Well, we already talked about this in a previous episode. It's doing quite well. Okay, let me just unveil the curtain. Not only is it doing quite well, it is number one pre-order on Steam. And I'm assuming it's following suit with all the other consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, everything. I mean, it it is on my wish list. Uh, I will inevitably pick it up when it becomes free or discounted. Right. So, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what kind... Like, I don't know how to feel anymore. 
I really I just, don't you know, either. I don't know how to feel anymore. I'm really hoping that this game is just a pile of dog shit, so then everyone's on the same level of hating it. Right, but I don't think it's gonna... I know, which is gonna make all of this all the more difficult. Because, God, no. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to support J.K. Rowling or any of the hatred surrounding this, but I do want to explore the universe of Hogwarts because it's such a cool fantasy realm. I guess the other point that I would kind of want to make, because it's just, it, it's crazy how much it comes up for my, on my For You page of like these gamers who are like, I'm not getting JK Rowling. It's like the gaming industry has already been so horrible to a lot of different people, right? Take Blizzard, for example. Like the dip, the numbers of people who played WoW before and after that awful shit with Blizzard came out, that didn't go down. It went up. Social issues matter. Right. Like long term. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, is, like, those issues matter, and I'm like, where was this activist, like, this activist attitude when those things came out, right? I'm just saying, like, you gotta eat the whole bar of soap. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't turn a blind eye to, like, these crappy things that are happening in the gaming community. And my perspective on the whole thing is, like, you don't have to stop playing the games that you like. But you should take, like, a stance on the, like, how you feel about the developers. You should be aware of what's going on and, yeah, you know, just be mindful of everything. Right. So, I don't know. It's just, I I put this article in here because I find it so interesting that it is one of the most divisive games that I've ever seen. Ever seen. But still, those pre-order numbers, it's number one on Steam, number one on PlayStation, number one on Xbox. Xbox, Just crazy. It, it absolutely is. I mean, this game is the most controversial game I've ever seen that has absolutely nothing to do about anything about the game. Exactly. That's what's crazy about it. Ugh. I don't know. Would you like to move on? Yeah, I'm sick. I'm just so sick of talking about this game that hasn't even released yet. Well, grab your shovel and put on your black veil because the Google Stadia is dead. Allegedly. And it's sad day. Allegedly. It's a sad day for gaming. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So it's <laughs> This is an article coming to us from none other than Forbes. Forbes. And, yeah, Forbes and written by Chris Holt. It's really funny because Google Stadia is dead and it's a sad day for gaming. That's the name of the title. I added in Google Stadia, allegedly, is dead, allegedly, and it's a sad day for gaming. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) I just love the Google Stadia, allegedly. I think that's funny. Now, this is a direct (laughs) quote from the article, so check this out. Now, like so many other Google projects, Stadia is dead, That's a real shame because it was a great cloud gaming service ahead of its time. Mm. Is it now? Ooh, Uh, we're we're about to we're about to educate you then. (laughs) It was not. (laughs) Cloud gaming was around before Stadia was even considered. All right. And it's still around and being optimized so much better by modern consoles. Mm -hmm. And now, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but we have 
buried the stadia three times. I have made sound effects right. three times for the goddamn stadia dying. <laughs> Stop making me make sound effects. Can we finally bury it for the love of God? It's just... I uh, the whole you know what has been the most interesting thing to me about the Google Stadia how the diehard fanboys of the Google Stadia have put themselves in this bubble that prevents any amount of self-awareness to see through. Yeah, absolutely. Like saying Google Stadia is dead and it's a sad day for gaming in itself like let me let me explain to you how not sad this is. Right? I didn't find this article on my own by typing in gaming news, because that's what I do when I look in articles. I'm like, gaming news. Naturally. I didn't find this article by typing in gaming news. I was on, like, a business page looking at stocks, and it was like, (laughs) here's what Google Stadia dying says about the future of gaming. And I'm like, wait, the Google Stadia died? (laughs) Literally so little people fucking care. It didn't make the front page of the news you type in gaming news. It didn't even really get its own obit page. Not at all. <laughs> it just kind of faded out like a snuffed candle. Right. Read a little bit more of this article, if you don't mind. I want to, look, uh, nothing against the person, Chris Holt, who wrote this. Nothing at all. I want to see what they have to say about the Google Stadia as a Google Stadia fan. All right. So the article goes on by saying that the company also lost out on some high-profile third-party games for various reasons. For far too long, Google didn't make it easy for developers to port games to the platform either. And then there's the business model. Many people bristled at the idea of paying full price for stream-only games. I liked many... The person, Chris, I liked many of the games and the titles. I checked out through Stadia Pro, such as Guilt. I've never heard of that game. Yep. <laughs> but service needed a bigger Game Pass-style buffet and the games to go with it to really sing. The Google Stadia needed a Game Pass-like service. Huh. I wonder where you can find such right. a service. Right. Instead of making me pay full fucking price for games I already own on other consoles. Yeah. You reading this article on a laptop? Guess what? You can get Game Pass. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like, and it's 10 bucks a month. I actually feel like his next excerpt is like the most tone deaf thing about this article. All of these were avoidable errors. It's a damn shame because the main thing Stadia was supposed to do, let People play games anywhere worked wonderfully. Did it? Exactly. Did it? Did Did you have perfect internet connection wherever you went? If you're an Android Google bro who had extraordinarily good internet wherever you went, which was probably your fucking house because you didn't. That's the ironic thing about the Google Stadia is that it's supposed to allow you to game anywhere. But most of these people, I guarantee you, probably stayed home most of the time to play their Google Stadia. Absolutely. Can you can you play your Google Stadia in the podunk middle of nowhere, Colorado? Right. That not. Mm. So yeah, the re- do I even have to explain why that's tone deaf? The, it worked wonderfully, quote unquote. The biggest thing people complained about was how sketchy the service was, especially when it first dropped. And even when it got better. You needed 
a perfect internet connection with hardly any latency or other people who needed to use Wi-Fi devices to make it fucking work. Exactly. That's not very user-friendly. Not at all. It's the opposite. <laughs> so. Well, this does have kind of a, a happy... Well, okay, before I go into the happy, relatively happy end, there is a fourth reason why the Google Stadia kind of failed. Okay. The decision to close its internal game studios in early 2021. Mm. They didn't even give this system a chance. I, You know, it's funny because Google does that with a lot of its different projects where, like, if it doesn't do extraordinarily well right away... It's a failure. They usually give it up within a year, easily. One of the biggest examples I have for this, outside of Google Stadia, which is now the epitome, is the Google Glasses. Do you remember the Google Glasses? The thing that got banned in every movie theater before it even launched? Damn right. (laughs) God, yeah, like, that had potential, too. Mm -hmm. Just like the Stadia. Like, for all the jokes we make at the Stadia, it had potential. Right. But it squandered it. So I guess to wrap this article up in kind of a happy way, uh, Chris goes on to say, I'm glad Google is doing right by them by refunding nearly every Stadia purchase they made and unlocking the Bluetooth functions on the controller. Okay. I have some thoughts about that. So, okay, they're handing out refunds. Um, yeah, what? that's surprisingly charitable. And unlocking the Bluetooth functions on the controller. So that you can use it for other devices. Yeah, yeah. That's... Hmm. That's Uh, that's their white flag. It's... uh, Here's the thing. It's not that I'm not happy about that, but it's Google. That seems uncharacteristically altruistic, right? Are you getting those vibes? I mean... I'd call it more self-preservation than anything. Okay. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. But uh, because, like, a company like Google, it's like, hey, listen, you bought the device. You still have the controller. It's yours. Like, I mean, we're not going to provide support to it in the coming years, but you can have that paperweight. Right, exactly. Uh, You know what's really funny is, like, I'm thinking of buying a Stadia controller now. (laughs) Because those things are probably going to be worth a little bit of coin. It's going to go in a museum of history someday. Precisely. So... I think another interesting way to talk about this article is to talk about the fans of the Google Stadia, the people who have been there day one, because I have to give it up to you. I got to give it up to you, Google Stadia fans. No matter how many of us wouldn't stop talking shit on you, no matter how many times we went on social media and called it stupid, hell, even on this podcast, no matter how many times we talked shit, and it was a lot... You stuck by the Google Stadia. We matter. (laughs) And you never gave up until the bitter end. In a way, I respect that. Yeah, that's that's conviction right there. But on a like from more of like a critical standpoint, I want to ask you, Zar, why do you think so many people just stuck through the Stadia? Through all the trial, through all the error, through all the failure, the rejection, all the way up to this point where it's not a service anymore. What kept them? Google has a lot of employees. Mm. 
I, I imagine that most of those those people supporting this console were employees who got it for free. <sighs> I just. Do you remember when I was talking shit on my personal Twitter account on Google Stadia? Yeah. And that bro got on and was like, you know, the Stadia is actually blah, 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 blah. And I literally <laughs> commented back, okay, bro, who do you work for? Never responded. <laughs> just fucking crickets. Just and the never responded. most deafening silence from that guy. Um, you might be right. That's what I think, man. I mean, Google's got reaches. They've got their tentacles and everything. Yeah. I mean... It can't be all just their employee. Like, there's got to be real people out there who saw the potential in what Stadia was trying to do. Yeah, about a dozen. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> Those were the same dozen that owned a uh, Wii U, by the way. Dozens of us! Dozens! All right, are you ready to move on? One final question. Yeah. Do you think Google's ever going to try and come back into the gaming sphere? I think they're going to try to integrate but not to the extent where they're ever going to try out having another console. I think, like, they'll help streamline services, Hmm. but, I mean, the only Google gaming I really need is that dinosaur that jumps over the cactus. (laughs) you don't have an internet connection. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's the only Google gaming I need. Oh, and sometimes they do those really cool homepage games. Like, for the Olympics, they had, like, this RPG game that you could save in. Like, do that. That's Google Gaming. That's perfect. That's amazing. Right? (laughs) All right. The stadium is dead. All right. Well, speaking of people who aren't making games anymore, our third article is 343 Industries will no longer make Halo games, but will oversee development. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this is coming to us from Darren Bonthus. Bonthus? Bonthais, something like that, and it is on GameSpot.com. So, there's a lot of reasons why Microsoft decided to take Halo away from 343, but let's get into it. Right. So, first off, all of this has been mostly leaked from a guy named Bathrobe Spartan. Someone who just just, looks into everything Halo, but doesn't leave their toilet. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like, what you see is what you get. Oh, and it's all in Spanish. Yeah. (laughs) Anywho, did you know that there was going to be story DLC for Halo Infinite? We briefly mentioned it on an episode a while ago, and it's really funny because, like, I was working one day and looked up all of a sudden and was like... Whatever happened with that? <laughs> Not anymore. Yep. So, Bathroom Spartan claims that the planned story-based DLC has been scrapped due to it being considered not cost-effective under 343's stewardship. Yikes. Yikes. Big oof. That is not what you want to hear as, you know, game developers. Oh, no. Of course it's not. Going on, 343 Industries will then take on a parental role for overseeing new Halo games and content while working on maintaining the game's engine. So it's it's not like they're completely cut off from Halo. Mm-hmm. They were just told that the games you make, they don't make money. You, you just, you're just not that creative. They're just not that good. But what can you do? Right. You can maintain the hell out of servers. That multiplayer server on Halo Infinite, it's pristine. It's good. You guys know multiplayer and, like, the game engine itself. So you guys just hold the sticks up together 
keeping that game in place. Do they know multiplayer, though? I mean, they know how to keep a server running, basically. That's, that's like the bare minimum. Yeah, and that's basically what they're getting. Yep. Um, they also, right. it, this article goes on saying that uh, another decision that 343 made was to cancel Couch Co-op so that it could instead focus on developing Halo Infinite's life service features. So, in other words, multiplayer updates and seasons. Okay. That pisses me off. Why is that? Because it is literally the only Halo game ever to be made without Couch Co-op. Yes. Yes. And that... Okay, so here's what's funny. You are Xbox guy. I am PlayStation guy. Indeed. Yet, in conversations about Halo Infinite when it first dropped, I really liked the game. Indeed. I had a lot of positive things to say about it. You did not. I have hated this game since the beginning, since before this game came out. So those initial reasons why you did not like Halo Infinite, remind us of what those were. Yeah, it was mostly the multiplayer. Yeah? Yeah. But what about the story? I still have yet to play the story. It was really good. I know. I'll get to it eventually. Ah, for fuck's sake. Okay. Fine, 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 fine. Take the story elements out of it. Let's look exclusively at multiplayer. Why is it that you think fans were turned off of Halo's multiplayer so quickly? Because it was the same thing they played last game. Okay. With a grappling hook and a couple new weapons. Right. And it just... They didn't offer enough. They didn't offer enough maps. They didn't eno- mm. offer enough ways to play the game. And I guess COD was just doing better those years. I mean, because I have been doing a lot of reflection on my experience with Halo Infinite ever since I read this. Because 343 and my... Like, they've made the top Halo games, right? No. God, no. Okay, it's the other way around. Bungie made the top Halo games. That's right. Okay, never mind. And they're working on fucking Destiny now. Oh my god, fucking Destiny. Yeah, that's a dying road too. Nonetheless though, like, it's so easy to see the writing on the walls of what you should have done to make uh, Halo's multiplayer successful. Like, number one, yeah, what you talked about is extraordinarily valid. Like, eliminating couch co-op I think was the dumbest thing they could have fucking done for this game. Did Forge ever, ever launch? No. Oh, oh, so we're still waiting on Forge too. Okay, well, there's another reason. Okay, let me actually check. Fact checker. Fact checker! The Fact Checker. Okay, so get this. The new Forge mode launched in beta with the Halo Infinite winter update on November 8th, 2022. Beta. Two months ago. The the game's been out for like a year and a half. Uh Uh-huh. And they're still adding beta features? Uh Uh-huh. The fuck, 343? The fuck? I don't un- I don't understand what the fuck their problem was. Because I could have seen this coming from a mile a fucking way. You probably could have too. If you told me I did see this coming a mile yeah, away. That's right. <laughs> like, I've been who- the one preaching this. <laughs> who could have foreseen this? And you're Zor- like, me! Me, Zor- I can't. Uh, okay. So if you had to name the top three things Halo Infinite Halo Infinite's multiplayer failed at. What would those three things be? Oh, absolutely couch co-op. Okay. 
um, Beta Forge a year past launch, um, and just not enough content. Dude, Halo Infinite's been out for a while. It might be two years at this point. Oh, shit. You might be right. It has been a while. So here's the other piece to the puzzle. The way that multiplayer games works now is extraordinarily different, right? Because are you allowed to play Halo's multiplayer without buying the full game? Maybe. God damn it. Fact checker. Fact checker. All right, so Halo's multiplayer is free, right? Yeah. Now, that's how a lot of these games do it, right? Multiplayer is free, and the reason why that is is to get customers to come and play the game, and where they spend money is microtransactions. Naturally. Right. The old Fortnite approach. Now, other games have been successful in doing that because they introduce a lot of good material to games on launch, right? That gets gamers really excited to come to the game and play. What happens, though, when you have a case like Halo Infinite, where you don't have all that content at first, you have a bare-bones multiplayer with nothing more than promises. Oh, if you come back in two years, we'll let you play Forge. You're going to lose your fan base real quick. Exactly. So it's just, there had to have been somebody at 343 that brought this up, right? Yeah, and that dude sitting in the back got thrown out the God. window like in all the memes. God damn. Just it's so easy to see. Well, their lack of forethought and honestly, I'm going to say lack of care for this series got it taken away from them. And uh, like some here's the thing. Some people are really praising that decision cuz they're like Oh, well, Bungie will just take Halo over Oh, God, no. No, Bungie's not coming back. They're too busy dealing with Destiny bullshit right now. And even if they weren't doing that, I don't know if they'd want to come back to Halo. No, but you know what the silver lining here is? What's that? Third-party developers are going to take the the reins on all future Halo titles, and they're going to explore the extended universe. Like, they're not doing mainline... Halo Master Chief titles. Like, they're going to look at spinoffs for the series. There are a plethora of Halo books out, not many of them about Master Chief. Interesting. Let's get some of that content. It's like the Star Wars Extended Universe. You know, there's so much of it out there. And there are so many third-party developers who grew up on Halo. It's really hard to imagine... Halo without Master Chief. Oh, it's not for me because I've read most of those books. Ah. Master Chief is such a small cog in the machine. That's really interesting. Oh, Dr. Halsey is the most interesting character. Oh, well. Fucking scariest character, too. Hell, I know that just from seeing what, like, the 343 did in the story mode for Halo Infinite. Yeah, but (laughs) Halsey goes way beyond Master Chief's genes. Oh, dear God. Yeah, so I am excited. I am thrilled. Get the fuck out, 343 Industries. But they did such a good job with the story. Did they? Yes! Yes, they did! You go back and play the first three Halos and then tell me if the second three Halos make sense. Okay, Halo did a good job with its story up until Halo Reach. Even then, 
Some people debate about 4. I don't think 4 was as bad as a lot of people say it was. A lot of people disagree with me. It it did justice to, you know, bridging the gap from 3 to 4. Like, it did set a scene. 5 even... I'll even vouch a little bit for 5. Guardians was kind of cool. It really put in perspective the forerunners and everything. Right. But I don't know. I just don't like how they did the forerunners. Like, it just felt like it kind of fell off of the lore. Right. Okay. The point I was making is, like, there was a dip in Halo story quality. And in my opinion, Infinite came along and offered an actually really interesting story. I wish I could argue with you, but I have not played the damn game. And yet you're willing to sit here and admit. You- okay, now to be fair to you, multiplayer is most of why people play Halo. Oh yeah, but- it's like ninety percent of Halo. Yeah, I know, but there's such I don't know. The story was good. Grappling hook. <laughs> Grappling hook was so good. Well, I will play the story and I will let you know how I feel as a dedicated Halo fan from start to finish. When? When are you going to do this? Uh, right after I get through Metro, and I had one more game on the back list. Maybe I'll start Persona 4. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're gonna, it's gonna take you forever! Persona won't let me go! Oh my god, okay. Whenever you manage to actually get to the fucking game, you will see that 343 actually did a good job with the story, and if they didn't fuck up the multiplayer, then they would still have Halo. In fact... That was probably their mindset. It's like, oh, we did a good job with the story mode. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so multiplayer doesn't matter that much to Halo fans, right? Like, uh... It's just copy and paste, you know? They'll play yeah. the same thing year after year. COD proved that. Yeah, no shit. There were a lot of other things that I didn't like about Halo Infinite's multiplayer, too. Just grinding for, like, meaningless trinkets that didn't really do much to add to the experience, which... I mean, I get it, but even even by the standards of, like, shitty skins that you get in multiplayer games, like, Halo hardly offered that at all either. And whatever they had that was, like, worth it, you had to grind tooth and nail through mundane gameplay to get to. You know what I mean? Hey, those Oreo skins are no joke, and all you have to do is purchase some Oreos. Or find some Oreos in the trash. Do you think the Oreos was the last-ditch effort by 343? Like, we got Oreos, though. Hail Mary! It's like, this will get people back. Yeah. I mean, cookies. Oh, dear God. Bring your own cookies. I do like cookies. (laughs) Anywho, that is is 343 getting sent to their room with no damn Halo. No Halo. Now, in place of quick takes today, we would like to talk a little bit about how the Smash tourney went. It came, it gone... Winter's Wonder Smash was a success. How do you feel about it? It was a lot of fun. Because it, you emceed this event. Yes. So I got to emcee, which, you know, is really interesting because I've never gotten to. I took great care in my MC skills because here's what I know about Smash players. They are very particular about making sure everything while they're playing is peak, just perfect. Yeah, you can't have any flaws, otherwise the whole community is going to be in in an uproar. Right, and anytime there's something that could be used as an excuse of like, oh, I lost because of this, right? We almost ran into that. We 100% did. Yeah, we had some input lag at the start, but we got that fixed. 
So anyway, when I was emceeing, I took great care to make sure I didn't say a peep while the actual game was going on. I announced in between the matches. I brought people up. I noticed that because I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want a shot for shot MC no. here, like up kick, down kick. That is exactly why I did not do that. Interesting. I guess they're the other announcers are in a separate room watching the feed. That's usually how it goes. Is like with other Smash tournaments that you've seen, uh, they'll have like a separate feed in a couple, another room with people that are commenting, or at the very least, the commentators will be in the room but away from the stage to where they can't be heard, where they're kind of whispering to one another, right? Again, for the purpose of making sure you're not distracting the players. So I took great care in making that happen because I was right next to the stage. Yeah, and you did a phenomenal job. Like, I kept getting confused because, you know, player one would be sitting on the right and player two would be sitting on the left. Yeah. And I was like, JP, JP, who the fuck is... Okay, who is K. Rule right now? Oh, okay, so then that means they're saying, okay, I got it, I got it. I could not follow that. I don't know how you did, but your integrity with that emceeing was flawless. Especially since I started drinking at 9 a.m. I know, we both did. Yeah. <laughs> I walked up at Hell Varsity and I was like, is it too early to get a beer? And the waitress, she was like, oh, honey, it's oh. never too early to get a beer. Oh, honey. <laughs> I was like, hand me a Coors Banquet. Oh, man, and it was, it was a great day yeah. all throughout. Uh, shout out to Bulb, our champion. Yep. You can see some uh, clips from Instagram on our Facebook right now. That's I'll put right. them on Twitter. Um, and also, shout out to Blaze40. I want to talk about this kid a little bit. Oh, yeah. Talk about Blaze40. So, Blaze40 took second place. It was a very emotional match between Bulb and Blaze40 in the final round. And there were some character switches, there were some tears, mm -hmm. but ultimately a champion walked out. But this kid, Blaze40, came all the way from South Dakota. Him and his That's entire right. family, his mom, his dad, and his sister, drove two and a half hours yeah. just to be at our little event. Yeah, and it, it was, was, it was humbling. so cool. And this kid took second place. Like, There's a reason this kid drove two and a half hours, because mm -hmm. he's fucking good. And so if Blaze40 is out there listening to this episode, because they said they were going to listen on the way home, probably not after they hear us <laughs> for the first episode, but Blaze40, if you are listening, kudos to you. You are a hell of a Smash player, and we hope to see you at the next event. 100%. So, we had a lot of fun. I had a great time emceeing. Uh, everybody who went also had a really good time. We I, got to see Zach and Nick fight. Yeah, that yes. was the fight of the century. It was so cool. I think the thing that surprised me the most about hosting a Smash tournament is how much time it takes in between actual matches. Well, it really you know helps I mean? when the Bluetooth on the Switch doesn't go out <laughs> right, from the soundboard. Right. But even then, just getting everyone up on the stage, and that's what surprised me the most is like the event lasted about six hours, right? Give or take. Yeah, around there. Only about, if you calculated the amount of time people were actually playing the game, it was only like an hour and a half because it was like getting yeah. everything organized, getting people in and out. Like, yeah. I, did, I figured it was going to be a lot smoother than that. We did a good job, but even then, just... Well, and a lot of it was the participants picking their characters, picking the map, mm. and figuring out what Contro they wanted yeah. to do. Controller configurations. Yeah, was controller the big thing. configurations was the big thing, along with re-Bluetoothing the sound, because apparently the Switch does not like having three controllers connected and pairing with a Bluetooth device. Right. 
That's uh, fun. That's fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but we got it all figured out. Next time we'll do it better. We're not gonna we're not gonna do it as big as Winter Wonder Smash, but I think we're gonna have a few intermediate events throughout the year, getting ready for next year's Winter Wonder Smash. Correct, or any other tournament we decide to do in the meantime. Exactly, we maybe do a Mario Kart tournament. Mario Kart, people yeah. would love Mario Kart. Oh, I've been to bars and I've done Mario Kart mm. tournaments. It's the most fun you can have. So, three questions for you: What was your favorite part of the tournament? What is something you want to improve on for the next tournament? And y- you know what? That's all. Let's just start with those two questions, and then I'll ask my final question. Okay, so my favorite part of the tournament was literally just talking anything gaming with anybody who came up. Like, yes. so many people came up not to talk about Smash Bros., not to talk about the podcast, but they're like Kingdom Hearts, Persona 5, right. Halo. And, like, you just got to talk about anything any as long as it was gaming. Yeah. Yeah, that actually really surprised me, too, um, because I've heard nothing from, like, the people who helped us put this together except how intense Smash players are, right? So, but, yeah, that it's rare to get that community feeling when it with gaming, but, yeah, it was prideful. You're just like, wow, look at all these fucking game lovers here. Yeah, absolutely, and, like, all of heard that was really surprised because they're like, oh, there's one competitor coming in with, like, three other people. Yeah. So, like, everybody brought a friend, we were all drinking, we were all eating good food, and it was just a fun day of gaming. Now, the thing I would do differently for next time, we had a little bit of a trouble with streaming the content. We uh, originally wanted to stream it straight to Twitch or even record it, post it later, but unfortunately, with the setup we had, we got some input lag. Mm-hmm. And we were informed very notably by uh, Nick that the community would not stand for that. Fair and enough. And it, it was a very bad input lag. It was like 1.5 second lag. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, forget Smash Bros, any competitive game. Yeah, no, it just really. can't have that. It would have fucked with the competition. So we had to scrap anything streaming. We weren't even able to present it up along all the TVs hanging in Hale Varsity Club. But next time. We know how to do that. Yep. We're also not going to Bluetooth the fucking switch to the roadcaster. We're just going to stick a goddamn <laughs> aux cord in that bitch. Because I was so tired about every single fucking round having to repair the goddamn Bluetooth. Why don't you tell us how he really feels? Though? I'm frustrated. <laughs> All right. So as for me, my favorite thing, you actually, I loved the community. Um, I was surprised. I, I, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. I was surprised by how nice everyone was. Yeah. No, honestly. like Because, uh, you know, my experience with gaming tournaments, I've been to a couple in my lifetime, but especially with Smash, my experience is seeing people trashing their controllers, saying awful shit to people. Yeah. And, you know. We didn't see any of that. No. Everyone was so nice. And it was crazy because, like, Anyone in the venue would pal around with you, be your best friend. But as soon as they stood on that stage, oh, my God, it was like laser focus. They right. changed personalities and were the most serious people ever. It and, was so cool to see. Yeah. And then um, my other favorite part, I don't know how much you noticed this, but 
We had started the tournament by the time the restaurant portion of Hale Varsity started getting busy. Yeah. I loved just, like, watching people, like, kind of turn their heads over, kind of, like, give a grimace. Like, what the fuck are these nerds doing? Oh, yeah. Everyone held their eyes into the venue as long as they could. All the regulars just like, what are these degenerates doing doing? on a Saturday morning? One woman's expression was my favorite part where, like, she was in this nice fur coat. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, seriously, like, designer boots and a nice, like, Louis Vuitton purse. Looked over and was like, oh, these rapscallions. And I'm like, listen, lady, you are at Hale Varsity Club. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing at a sports bar? Yeah, like, you don't have any fur. fun. Like, I come here to escape. I don't, like, fuck you. Where? <laughs> to beer and sports? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I do. And the thing that I want to do differently for next time, I would love to get not just Smash setups going around. I would love to get like setups of other video games rolling too. Absolutely. Well, we kind of talked about it. We wanted to get classic game consoles, like maybe a SNES, maybe a NES, maybe a Sega Genesis, right. and just have some like really old games. Yeah, I thought th- I think that'd be fantastic. So. I guess this goes along with that, but more collaboration amongst the Smash community, which luckily, because of some of the individuals who showed up to the tournament, we've got a lot more ins with the community now. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't just a bunch of randos who showed up to our tournament. Like, people who are very active in the community came and then talked to us and wanted to see more. Right. I th- uh, we also got an invitation to do a one shot on D and D on a D and D podcast. Yes, yes. Oh, that it. We need to do that collab yeah. because there is a podcast. Shout out to the Nerd Niche. Nerd Niche. Nerd Niche is their podcast, and they do a lot of D and D, a lot of nerdy. They they basically what do what we do. Well, I met one of the guys on the podcast at the event, so we might do a collab there. That was. I hope I didn't ruin it. We were in the at the urinals next to each other at the same time. Hey, I met him at the urinals too. What is it about the urinals that are just pee buddies, man? So men always have to have a pee buddy. You come here often. <laughs> Only when I need to leak. <laughs> the true, true. Oh, okay. That's one complaint I do have about emceeing. I had to pee for most of the time. I was you could leave. Yeah, I was. I couldn't just be like, hey, take over. <laughs> no, because your voice had to be heard. Like, you told me to take over for you one time, and I was sitting there the whole time like, please don't end the round. Please don't end the round. Please don't end the round. <laughs> I just had to compete. It's so bad. Luckily, you came back before the round ended. Uh, I mean, maybe you may have missed the end round call off, but, mm. like, you didn't miss more than one round. No, I just God, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> God, it was such a fun event. I can't it wait was, to do this again. We'll figure out some new tweaks, new games, you know, new events. But listeners, stay tuned for next year's mm-hmm. Winter Wonder Smash because it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. You're definitely going to want to be there. It's going to be at the Hale Varsity Club. Come on. Let's I, go. I still want to propose competitive Stardew Valley. Like <laughs> How Stardew- do you compete in Stardew whoever, Valley? Whoever can make it. Uh, whoever can make it the most levels in the mine, whoever can forge the most berries, whoever wins the Easter egg hunt, whoever can marry Abby the fastest. <laughs> she's the only, there's lots you could do. Whoever can lots. harvest the most carrots. Yeah, you could. Yes, oh, oh I, know I know you're being an asshole. I know you're being an asshole, but yes, you could. 
Like the most efficient way, who can make the most money getting carrots for one full year in Stardew Valley? It's the most competition. Ridiculous competition I have ever heard of. <laughs> fuck oh you, my fuck you. God. What, game, what games are coming out? All right, so upcoming game releases on January 25th, we have Kingdom Rush for the Xbox One. On the 26th, we have Anniversary Wonder Boy Collection for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. Also, on the 26th, we have Death in the Water 2 for the PC. And then there's Hitman World of Assassination for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Also, on the 26th, Hitman 3 Freelancer Mode for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Never Wake for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. Finally moving away from the 26th, we are on the 27th. We have Dead Space Remake for the PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Wonderland Nights, A White Rabbit's Diary, that sounds very alice for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, <laughs> PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Finally, on January 30th, moving away from the 27th, we have Back Firewall for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Oh, there's our, a lot of games. I know I'm getting winded here. You're all the way in the queues. <laughs> <gasps> On the last day of January, we have Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition for the Xbox Series and Xbox One. Inculinati. That's the best you're going to get for the in, PC and Xbox Series yeah. and yeah. Xbox One. Power Wash Simulator, JP's favorite for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. And also, Power Wash Simulator Tomb Raider Special Pack DLC. Yeah, you read that right. I had to make sure. Because that's necessary. Coming out for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. It is the house cleaner and tomb raider crossover that we didn't know we needed precisely moving forward we have season a letter to the future for the pc playstation 5 and playstation 4 still on the last day of january we have second front for the pc spongebob squarepants the cosmic shake i'm really excited for this game for the pc playstation 4 xbox one switch Probably the series two because I'm good. I already have it pre-ordered. Are you okay? And finally, we have we were here forever for the PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, PlayStation Four, Xbox One. Oh, that was like that's like 16 games that are getting released this week. All right, before you pass out, I need you to do one last thing for me. Let's talk about Dead Space. Dead Space remake. I'm not buying it right away. Yeah, I know you're not because. Fuck you, EA, for charging $70 for a game you've already made. But this game does look really cool. I am very excited about this game. I cannot wait to play it several months after release when Correct. it's discounted. The best part is you probably don't even have to wait that long. I Look look at the, re- the writing on the walls with these fucking games. This will be discounted in about two months. Oh, there's no way this doesn't go to Game Pass within a month. That, it, just saying. Yeah, exactly. But, like... They have built this game from the ground up. Graphical-wise, they have kept the integrity of the story while optimizing for modern Dead Space experience. Like, Isaac Clarke has a voice. You can mod your guns to a crazy extent. And there's even unscripted events. Like, 
you can go through this game and depending on how you play it, the game will learn and send scares your way. Whether that be audio cues, visual hallucinations, or even random enemies that the game will spawn in to ambush you. Interesting. Indeed. This game has the works. I mean, it might be worth that upped launch cost. Probably not, but this game is going to be fantastic. I highly recommend the Dead Space remake. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, I'm not buying this right away either. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> it'll, go, it'll go to PlayStation service. It'll go to Game Pass as soon as EA realizes that they're not making money. Correct. Plus, like, you know, I'm going to be on De- uh, well, Elden Ring for a while. I'm going to be on Elden Ring for a while, right? You're on Elden Ring for a while because you want to get all the lore. I'm on Elden Ring for a while because I can't get past the first fucking boss. We're, we're not the we're same. We're not the same <laughs> because I fucking suck at soul games. Same, man. God, damn it. Same. It's so frustrating. It is. That's the point of the whole game. Oh, God. I can get through Cuphead. I can get through this, right? You can get through getting over it. I did get through getting you over it. You did get through that. You got through 100% of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. But these yeah. games are not the same. Uh. I'm going to fucking get that guy. I'm going to fucking... I can't remember his name. The first boss. You battle him on the bridge. Fuck that. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck that guy so hard. (laughs) Sweet summer child. There is so much worse to come. Look, 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 look. I know how I'm going to get past this. It's very simple. I learned this from watching my favorite show. I'm going to stay in the forest, and I'm going to level up killing boars. (laughs) (laughs) One XP at a time. (laughs) Oh, all right. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. You about ready to get out of here, man? Let's do it. All right. We got more great Game Tea coming up next week. But in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.